Today in business from Wired. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Hey, Silicon Valley, John Kerry wants you to help save the world by the Wired staff. When the Secretary of State pitches Silicon Valley, he's looking for more than just Series A capital. John Kerry's looking for help for technological innovations that could help win the online war with extremist groups like ISIS, find a path between privacy for U.S. citizens and dissidents abroad, and unbreakable encryption available to terrorists, and maybe even provide energy without damaging Earth's climate or global economies. So, you know, that's a pretty big job. Kerry joined Wired's head of editorial Robert Capps and deputy editor Adam Rogers for an interview in Silicon Valley for the first episode of our new podcast series, Wired.gov. Each episode will be a conversation with key players in government and tech. You know, the people who are shaping the Wired world. And we're starting with a guy who's traveled all over it. Here's a transcript of our interview with Secretary Kerry. Robert Capps. Because we're here in Silicon Valley and we're talking about Silicon Valley issues, I'm curious to hear what things you think right now are the most important things that Silicon Valley can or should be helping our federal government with, particularly in terms of what you do at the State Department and in terms of international relations dealing with allies and others. So what things do you most want from Silicon Valley? John Kerry, Partnership, Partnership, Engagement. First of all, thank you. It's a privilege to spend a few minutes with you, and I'm glad to have a chance to share thoughts about Silicon Valley and the State Department and what we're trying to do. Obviously, this is the center of cutting-edge thinking, the best innovation, the best application of technology to solving problems anywhere in the world. And what we've discovered over the course of time, through some innovative efforts that were actually pioneered by a couple of other entities of government, like the Commerce Department and some others, is that there are potential partnerships. There's a synergy between the technology-innovative-creative push of this valley with the problem-solving that we need to do on a global basis. An example, this morning I met with a bunch of Stanford kids who are involved in a program, a class in which they're getting credit. 
They're actually working through challenges that have been created by the State Department for them to figure out how they can apply technology in order to try to help meet those challenges, solve the problems. Whether it's human trafficking or the potential of collision in space with space garbage or countering violent extremism, which are three examples amongst several. We're working on each of those right now in ways where we believe that this valley has the ability, on most occasions, to make money while doing good, but also just to do good, to make the problems go away. That's a partnership that is really critical because the biggest disruptor in the world today, changing so much of what is happening, is the digital march, the incredible transformation. We want to apply it as constructively as we can to help solve some of the problems that come with that transformation. They are a part of our foreign policy matrix. Adam Rogers. So, when you talk to a company that's working in Silicon Valley, it strikes me that some of the things that the State Department might hope for are almost contrary to what the Silicon Valley companies are set up to do. Figuring out how to keep certain governments from being able to use technologies, but allow their populations to use them, for example. To do things that where Silicon Valley's companies might be set up to extend communications to everybody as far as possible and build audience, the State Department would not want those people to have access to that information. Kerry, look, let's be honest with each other, as I'm sure you want us to be. I used to be chairman of the telecommunications subcommittee. We rewrote the communications law of our country back in 1996 at a moment when data transmission and information management was just bursting on the scene. So I've watched this progression for a long period of time. The fact is what has been created is this stunning tool, disrupting but also at the same time constructing and transforming the world. So the flow of information is critical, keeping the Internet neutral, keeping it free and open and open architecture. All of these things have been part of our discussion for a long period of time. If it's going to be a continuing flow of information accessible to everybody, then that runs counter to this notion that we don't want people to have certain things because everything is available. I mean, everything is available and we know that. The restraints that we are seeking to put into place are always contested and always controversial, but I think everybody has learned over the last years. I think the government has learned, and I think the digital world has learned, that if we are going to be safe in this new world that we are exploring, we are going to have to find common ground on certain measures that could protect people. That is always going to be a slight tension. But we have recently arrived at a privacy shield agreement in Europe to replace the safe harbor agreement, which was difficult, but we reached agreement, so that personal and private information could be protected. But there will be rules of the road with respect to how we respond to certain things. Encryption is a challenge nowadays. There's lots of challenges that will rise with this fundamental preset, which I'm particularly committed to, and I think the Obama administration has been committed to, which is a free, open architecture that's not controlled by the government and where people have access. But there's always going to be a tension with law enforcement, security, with counterterrorism, and we've been able to work that out, I think, pretty effectively thus far. CAPS can we drill into that specifically on encryption? We love it in some countries around the world when they're able to talk privately, securely, apart from the oppressive regimes that might want to prosecute dissidents. Yet we are very afraid of having encryption at home, 
We see the government pushing for back doors, people to unlock iPhones, and having these systems that makes Silicon Valley, argues, technology less safe for everyone. And that seems like a very hard problem to crack. Kerry, I don't think so. In the end, I don't think it's going to be a hard problem to crack. I mean, I can remember where we were having great debates about opt-in and opt-out. You know, pretty simple stuff now as we think back, but it makes a big difference as to what happens when we find a way forward. We will find a way forward here. But it makes a big difference as to what happens when we found a way forward. We will find a way forward here. We support encryption. Encryption is a legitimate and important asset for companies, individuals, governments, and private individuals to be able to have a right of access to. But we are not supporting back doors. We are not looking for back doors. That is not the policy of the government. But on occasion, there will be a question mark about national security and whether or not there is a level of cooperation under certain circumstances with probable cause, with the showing of urgency. I mean, if I came to Google or somebody out here and said, hey, we have really hard information, and here it is, that there's a nuclear bomb that has been placed in the center of New York City. We have 48 hours to find it, and here's probable cause that indicates that this telephone might be able to do it. Would you say no? Rogers, I mean, I'm not in the spot to make that call. I'm a journalist. I don't know. See, you're ducking the question. We can't duck. There have to be ways with legitimate standards, with an understanding of common sense to work it through. That's different from a generic backdoor that's opened and people have the sense of the invasion of their privacy. We all want our privacy protected, and we value that here in the United States just as much as they do in Europe and elsewhere. We found ways to make sure we are protecting it. Rogers. Could you see the position that it puts a Silicon Valley company in? When do I make this decision? How do I allow it? Especially because they're built to, as I just did, duck that question completely. Kerry, there probably isn't a general rule, certainly no legislation, I don't think, and nobody is recommending legislation. But there has to be a level of common sense applied to this, and I think that's all the government is looking for. Caps. On a related note, but shifting gears slightly, I wanted to talk about ISIS, particularly ISIS's use of social media to spread its message and pathology. It occurs to me that is one area where you might want some help from Silicon Valley to deal particularly with the social strategies of ISIS. Kerry, well, we don't only want help, we are getting help, and we really appreciate it. We had a big meeting out here in January of this year. President Obama was out here. The Deputy Secretary of the State Department was out here. I was traveling at the time. I wanted to be here, but I came subsequently, and we held meetings out here, I think, in April and June and so forth. We've been trying to build a relationship with the community in order to be able to respond to the appeal of ISIS on the social media for recruits and for its ideology and for spreading its venom around the world which a lot of people don't know is venom, when all they do is go to a site and it looks pretty glorious and it's a bunch of lies. That's one of the dangers of today, lies that spread around the world just as fast as truth. So we have to be able to help people understand and discern the difference between the two. Well, in the case of the January meeting, it has produced something called the Global Engagement Center at the State Department. 
We're working with countries to create a center in that country, like Emirates, for instance, where it's staffed by local indigenous population who have the skill set to be able to speak to people and respond in ways that we're not capable of responding. We began with more of a global kind of approach. America is going to answer. We found we are not the right validators of this counter-narrative, but local people in any particular country are. And so we're building that capacity on the Internet to be able to respond to the lies, the propaganda, and the disinformation, and it's proving quite successful. We're trying to grow that significantly, so that's an example where the community can be particularly helpful and creative. Some entities have responded by helping to remove countless numbers of terrorist accounts from their particular platform, and this has been extremely helpful. Rogers, there are also projects like Google's Project Jigsaw that attempts to get in front of the kind of searches that might lead somebody to encountering extremist information online or an extremist website. What would you see as the metrics for success there with these kinds of efforts? Kerry, Less money, less recruits. And we know there are less recruits because we have a foreign fighters program where we are dealing at airports, entry checkpoints, and other things. Rogers, you can see if people are headed to places where they would get their training. Kerry, not only that, but we also pick it up through our intel, and we know that they are squeezed. We know that there are less people coming in. We know they have changed their modus operandi now as a consequence of the pressure we have been able to put on them. We will, I'm confident, win a territorial victory over ISIL Iraq in the next year. Let's just say the next year. We are going to sooner possibly in certain ways that will be perceptible to people. There's enormous pressure being put on ISIL in Iraq and Syria today. Now, that doesn't mean that some people aren't going to be able to escape somewhere and claim on the Internet, wow, we are still alive and well, but they are not going to be alive and well. They will be alive, but not well, and in many cases not alive for that long, because we are going to continue, just as we did with Osama bin Laden, to go after these people until they are not a threat to the United States or our friends or allies. Rogers But that does direct them even further to a social media strategy that has people radicalized without ever having contact. Yeah, but that's diminishing. The narrative has changed. I mean, they used to claim the caliphate that had its great base, that it was gaining territory and had a bunch of money to spend and a government to run. And all of a sudden, that's shrinking and disappearing and they don't hold the land. They haven't gained one piece of territory since May of last year. Of last year! They are shrinking in their revenue, their presence, and their hold on these communities. And as everybody knows, we are focused on Mosul and Iraq. We are focused in Raqqa and other places in Syria. So, yes, people have access to the Internet. I mean, if you want us to start a new system where we deny access because you have to go through a total background check, I don't think people would be very happy, right? So that's not happening here. So people have access to it, but that's exactly why we're looking for both the counter-narrative as well as the assistance from folks to check their own platform a little bit to make sure that it isn't being misused, and to cancel accounts of known terrorists or people who are actually abusing it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.